Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% LA Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion, LA Galaxy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Guessman. Joining me tonight, Mr. Jared Dubois is in the house. We have a great show for you. The LA Galaxy getting ready to face off against Sporting Kansas City. And if you haven't yet gotten over the hangover from last week's game, I'm sure we're going to talk a little bit about the LA Galaxy's 4-3 victory over LAFC as well. We're ready to take your calls uh, whenever we get to that point as well. So make sure that you have the phone next to you if you're listening for our live show. We'd love for you to call in and talk to us, but we have a bunch of show topics to get to, a bunch of things to do, and I'm glad to say that uh, back in the saddle here, Mr. Uh, Jared Dubois is back. Jared, thanks for uh, stopping by, buddy. I love being in the saddle. <laughs> uh, I love it. I love it. We're 10 seconds in already. You went to the game. I want to get to this. You went to the game. You went to the game. I, yeah, well, um, I've, everybody's heard me wax on about this game for two hours on the Monday show, so um, I, I think they're sick of me. Right. Yeah, now. it's not every game I get to go to. I mean, there was a good time pre-kids. It was just me and my wife and the open road. We had <laughs> season tickets and went all the time. And right. then children happen. I was going to say, then life? Life happened. Eh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> yeah, they're my life now. Um, yeah, so I got to go, man. You, you guys, you did, a, you did a homie a solid and kicked down a couple of tickets. I really appreciate it. Yep, absolutely. Uh, wife, and, uh, wife and the oldest couldn't go, so I took my buddy and his kid, who's about the same age as mine. And uh, I, I can tell you, like, really, he's never going to forget that game. I'm never going to forget that game. Uh, I've been telling people since, uh, since it happened, like, uh, like, I'm a guy that's been pretty lucky to – be at Rose Bowl and the uh, World Cup 94. I've been in Columbus Stadium for La Guerra Fria, USA versus Mexico. I mean, I've been to lots of MLS Cup finals, uh, and this is the best. Uh, I would say the most. I know. The it, way I would phrase it is it is the most memorable soccer experience that I've been a part of. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it, it was different. It was. Uh, it was electric, and um, it was just different than anything I, I've been to before. And I, I guess I equate it to some of those the moments that you have very rarely in sporting life. Um, for an L.A. perspective, it's Kirk Gibson coming off the bench and hitting the home run when, every, when everyone in their wildest dreams thought that would be the best script that could happen. It, it's that type of moment. you know. It's the type of things that MLS hasn't had many of, if any of, right. in its uh, 20-some-year career. And... I, I think people are right when they say that MLS really kind of hit a milestone moment in those 20 minutes. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, you, you go back and look at it, and it's 19 minutes of, of Zlatan that really you're talking about here, and he's won uh, a bunch of awards for it. We're going to talk about all those. But uh, going back to the game, it's it's a difficult one to put a pinpoint on in terms of, have I ever seen a game better than that? I mean, there's been more important games Maybe I mean you can even well, ratchet. That's what you mean by better. I, I mean, know. I, I know. Go ahead. It, it, this is this is the unfortunate thing, and this is it, it's subjective. Yes. Um, has it been better played games. Yeah, there's been better played games. It's not the there, there was. Let's not forget that there's an own goal in this game. Yes, there two are. of the first uh, two of the uh, Ima Boateng has a terrible pass that leads to a goal. It wasn't pretty for most of the game. It wasn't a good game. No, it no. was an exciting, fan-interactive, sensational game. It was. It, it was the type of game, and, and having suffered through so many horrible games in 2016 and 2017, this is the game that sort of almost made all that worth it. I mean, I saw some horrible, horrible games over the last two years for the Galaxy, and this game was not pretty. You're right. It was not played well. It was not played particularly smart on either side. Um, but it was full of everything that you possibly want in a soccer game. You had a team that was down and out, the LA Galaxy, getting smashed by their crosstown rivals in the first matchup between these two teams, and LAFC comes in with all the hype, and Carlos Vela has a great first goal, a great, you know, even a good second goal, actually a great second goal. You could say that's great as well. Um, you know, you have Daniel Stairs kicking it into, into his own net whenever you thought the Galaxy, hey, maybe they could turn it around in the second half. No, it's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. Um, and then the things that aren't getting talked about, you know, the the Carrasco uh, steal that really starts to turn that game around after a guy who's had who had a very bad game leading up to that, and Sebastian Legette well, putting I, in and, a goal. And this is where I guess one of the things I take a a bitter um, not bitter a uh, a dirty pride in is that that steal comes right off the heels of Olays in our own stadium, which is again. <laughs> 
if you wrote this script, Jared, and you turned it into a Hollywood executive, they'd be like, nah, that's not realistic. LAFC was right to be Olaying. They should no, yeah. In one respect. Here's one thing I can't stand about Olays. If you're just passing around your back fork, come on. Like, <laughs> do something. I mean, I hate the Olays that are just back four passes. Right, right. You know, like, put 30 passes together through midfield and throw some Olays out there, you know? Yeah, I know. I know. I know what you mean. But at the same time, if you're controlling at that point, they're leading 3 nothing. They're almost just toying with the Galaxy. Um, but, you know, I don't know. It'd be interesting, and I haven't got to talk to the players. Maybe I'll get to talk to them on Saturday. I'm going to head down there, but I, I want to see if they remember hearing the Olays. And I'm sure they do, but at the same time, sometimes oh, yeah. sometimes they don't hear that stuff, right? Like no, you, you would think I, that... I don't believe that for a second, Josh. <laughs> they heard it. You, you, how, do you, how do you not hear five to 10,000 people? And there might have been 10,000 LAFC fans in that there were stadium. A lot. There were a lot. I mean, I was... Okay, I'll come back to that in a second. Yes. But I don't believe for a second when they say they don't hear it. I think that is the athlete's answer, just like we're taking a game at a time and we don't think past tomorrow. All these kind of things. Yesterday's game is in the past. These are just the cliche things people think. They hear it. Right. They hear it. You know how I know they hear it? Because almost every time someone's if fans do, fans are doing olays, someone goes and fouls someone really nasty. <laughs> yes. To this, get it to stop. Yeah, to get it to stop. I No, you're right. No, that, and I'm sure they heard it. But I... I it's interesting. Did they get fed? Here's sort of the thing. And you, you take away so much, and I, I want to let you sort of like wrap up your thoughts on this before we start to move into different topics and really start discussing this. But I mean, what the Galaxy did was claw two goals back before Zlatan really had his big impact on the game, which is another huge thing well, you're not talking about. one goal back before he came in. But, yeah, but even in that goal, granted, he does drift out a little bit, and one guy sort of lets Emo run right by him because he's saying, well, you're probably going to pass it to Zlatan. I, I get it. it. It's there, but he, he no, wasn't. I see what you mean. He didn't play a part in the goal. Exactly, exactly. Okay. Although I still think, and I even asked Siggy Schmidt this after the game was, you know, you saw him on the field. There clearly was something going on in terms of they were a little more nervous when Zlatan came on the field, and you knew that they probably had well, yeah, thought about it. Yeah, the guy's 6'5 with a man bun. <laughs> he's, he's a giant dude. And you know what? I would say 6'5 might be underselling him a little bit. He is a tall It is ridiculous. Dude. My buddy and I was there with I mean, he's like, it is a huge amount of man. <laughs> he is. He is every bit. And he is, he's, he's, a, he's string beanish in terms of he's, but he still has muscles. Did you see him when he took his shirt off, Jared? There's some serious time going into those abs and pecs right there oh yeah i mean he's, he's very well chiseled i i definitely enjoyed the the shirt coming off and and granted i it, i dig that he had enough swagger to do it i also dig that he had enough presence of mind not to do it a second time i know that's what everybody was saying it was like well at least he didn't get a red card although would that have made it more epic or less epic if he gets well, a red I think card the people who want to see him play would rather see him play than take his shirt off a second time. I, I, you saw it once, right? Once, once you've seen the shirt off once, you're good. You're good for that game at least. You can take it off. I mean, the next still, game. I mean, I, I've seen Beckham in his underwear in the locker room. That's that's. That, I don't think anyone's coming close to that. Ah, uh, the good old days, way back in the day. Yeah, whenever I first was Is in it, the locker room. Here's the the right side of the Galaxy lineup was unfairly handsome in that game. <laughs> How, you put legit. And then you put Pontius, and then you put Felcher in there. That is an unfair amount of sexiness on one wing. How do we not take advantage of that while they're looking at him? Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, there's, a, there's a story about Felcher. I don't know if I've told the story about Felcher. Uh, oh, I got some Felcher stories. <laughs> don't. I was, I was talking to uh, one of the Galaxy's PR guys, and they were telling me. I, I think everybody saw that Rolf Felcher was on the cover of a yoga magazine. Did you see that, Jared? You may have missed no, it. No, but I need to. Right? <laughs> it's one of those. So you, so you go and take a look, and he's like the perfect guy to be on a yoga magazine. I mean, he looks, he deserves to be on a yoga magazine. So they come out to do the photo shoot, and they're taking pictures of, uh, of Rolf, and they're doing the whole thing, and he's out on the field, and uh, they had dressed him in like a little yoga, like a Galaxy, Galaxy kit, and they had some yoga pants on him. So he was like all ready for it, very well prepared for it. And so, like, three minutes into it, they're taking pictures, and he's like, I take my shirt. Wait, I men have yoga pants? Yeah, of course. Yeah, they're just, just I mean, I, I, I it's think. It's just a whole bunch of man toe? <laughs> I don't know what exactly. There's definitely yoga pants for, for guys. Maybe they're, they're kind of like bike Why? shorts. We but have shorts. Why would we wear yoga pants? You, you could wear yoga pants. Guys wear yoga. The guys who are into yoga and can no pull it off. No man should be wearing things that tight in that area. <laughs> There's, there's. I think they allow a little more. It's not as tight. No, in, I, as, I'll be honest. If, if I had more to offer, I probably would. <laughs> so anyway, so he's there. He's getting pictures taken. He's doing the whole thing. He's three minutes into this, right? And he looks at the photographer and he goes, I take my shirt off now? 
right? And they're like, no, they're like, no, no, <laughs> no, it's okay. Where I take my shirt off. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's like, it's like, no, 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 you're good. And they're like, no, we don't, we don't need that. Blah blah blah. And he, and he looks at him. He goes, and now I take off yoga pants. <laughs> he, he, he looks at him and he goes, no, time, t- time to take my shirt off. And he takes his shirt off. And so that's that's sort of Rolf. I would have loved it. if he clapped his hands and another guy came over and that's his shirt taker offer guy. Like he has, he has did a, it for him. Yeah, he has a valet that follows him around to take off his shirt. Jock, jock, come on, remove the shirt. Anyway, so so that's Rolf Felcher and of course the the, the ridiculously good looking uh, guys there. I'll, I'll tell you this: um, one of the things that I certainly noticed in the post game, uh, Zl- I don't know, Jared. Did you know that Zlatan smiled all the time? Did you know that this was a thing? I didn't know this well, he was has a, a thing. Devlin smile. Yeah, but like he he is enjoying himself. He was there after the game, and he you know all the quotes that you hear, and a lot of it's repeated, and some of it's not from him. Now, granted, there's a ton from him, but if you read the quotes, you're like, this guy's arrogant. When you talk to him in person, yeah. he's smiling and he's having a good time. And it's almost like, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna say this. Oh, the lion is hungry. He's like, he's like, yeah, I get it. Like I, but I'm confident. So it comes off as, yes, I'm being confident, maybe a little arrogant, but at the same time, he's enjoying himself and having fun. So that's what I see. Well, from it's him gotta right now. be fun when you're arrogant and you back it up with a goal like that. <laughs> with two and the game tying, game winning, both of those things. So I mean, when you when you rock a hairstyle like Jesus and then also kick a ball like him, there's things to be happy about. <laughs> when you rock a hairstyle like Jesus and you can walk on water like him, yes, that that makes. I mean, the guy should play in a robe. <laughs> All right, so here we go. So so we talk about you know Zlatan and his influence in this game. Here's the question. I think it's an easy one, but I also think it's it's a little bit more of something that needs to be discussed. The Galaxy got two goals without Zlatan. Granted, he was on the field for the second one. I totally admit that, and uh, I'm not even sure if I know the, the uh, a great answer to this, and maybe the answer is just no. But did the Galaxy even come close to winning this game, Jared, without Zlatan Ibrahimovic on, on the field? They already got two. You you were close with your answer, but you left out a part. It's hell no. <laughs> okay, good. I was, I was... And here's the thing. They only scored once he was even warming up. I'll have to give him credit for the first goal. <laughs> yeah, it was everybody that all of a sudden I, the, cr- the crowd is into mm-hmm. it, looking at this guy running like the shuttle runs on the sideline. Right, and uh, I think uh, I think all the other rest of the team starts to get a be- uh, gets a boost just off of seeing this guy warming up. There's something to the Zlatan effect on the field with the other players. When you know somebody like that is coming onto the field for you. There, there was a response from the LA Galaxy team there. You could see them step up the game when he came on the field. And that's why I also agree with you that the answer is hell no and that that's not happening. Is that when Zlatan comes on, there's a need to perform at a higher level. And what you saw in the first half, quite honestly, was a bunch of Galaxy players who were not ready for the spotlight of that game. Um, and they made an adjustment in the second half and the second half was better. But there were a bunch of guys there who were not, you know, reaching the limits of what that game needed and how quickly that game needed. And as Chris Pontius pointed out, I think today talking to uh, our very own Larry Morgan as he was out of training, he said, you know, they spent a lot of they as an LAFC spent a lot of energy in the first half and the Galaxy spent a lot of energy in the second half. And this is a 2018 Galaxy, you know, sort of uh thing that they do is to have a better second half than they do a first half, but you can't keep playing like that. Yeah, it's an unsustainable model, especially when you're playing at home. And for people that have been Galaxy fans for at least three years, you'll remember how much the Galaxy was a stalwart at home and how it was a fortress at home. And I think <clears throat> I liked seeing them defend their turf on Saturday. I like seeing them never giving up the fight. I would like to see them not put themselves in a position where they need to, though. And right. I think that's – granted, they got a shutout in Vancouver, but let's be honest – Vancouver should have had three goals in that game. Yeah, they should have. They should have. They didn't, which which may look really good now as you continue to look at the Western Conference and try to figure out, by the way, I'm still, I, I am completely not sold on anybody in the Western Conference right now. I don't care if I'm you're at the bottom. I'm not sold on anyone in our back four other than Ashley Cole. So, okay, so that's a big deal for the Galaxy, and that's a thing that we knew. Now, is it the fact that the, I have a take on this, I'll get your take. Is the LA Galaxy defense bad? Um, I would say they're below average. I wouldn't say they're bad. I don't think they're horrible. I think they can be okay. They were okay against Vancouver. They also had an extra defender in there, which might be... Here's what I'll say. That back four may be bad, but Perry Kitchen is that good in front of them that they get they don't get exposed as much as maybe they should. Perry Kitchen is the Galaxy's MVP so far this season. That that's why it's important for me to get Jonathan Dos Santos back on the field because when you have oh, I agree. when you have Jonathan Dos Santos then you give Perry Kitchen a one track mind which is defend. 
right? Basically, he's that defensive Defend midfielder. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's all he has to do. That's all he has to do. Whenever you're playing this double pivot with Carrasco, there's too much for Kitchen to do. And He's one of the best open field trackers and ball winners in this league. I put him on par with... Uh, uh, why am I blanking on uh, Portland's little guy? Um, Which uh, Blanco, uh, Valeri? Um, no, they're 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 defensive midfielder, the one that's injured right now. Uh, the 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 Chara. People are Chara. Yeah, nice. I would put him on the par with Chara. I would put him on par with Alonso when he was hitting some of his best. I I think he's definitely one of the top uh, in the league. And pairing him with someone that can help him um, take out space. Now Carrasco is is a serviceable. Uh, partner to him but it's too much of the same right and i don't know that carrasco's instinct for passing lanes is quite as good as perry kitchens um but you end up playing it this is kind of funny playing against bob bradley he they basically played a bucket against bob bradley right. which is just funny when you think about it right and the lafc team was a very dynamic watching uh rossi's uh runs up top yep along with your uh urania, urania. yep they their inside-outside game and making the Galaxy defenders switch was very impressive. They do a really good job of rotating who's up top and who's checking to the ball. And when the guy checks to the ball, the other one's making a, a, a penetrating run, usually on a diagonal. And then Vela comes in a little bit late and gets into that third position. Yep. It's really nice, the dynamic they have up front. Which is why they've been so successful. Here's my argument against the LA Galaxy's defense just being bad or, or below average, okay? I think they're slow. I think that's the biggest issue they have. I think they can defend. I don't think Felcher's slow. I think he's slow coming back. He goes so far forward, which is one of his strengths, but I just don't think he gets back quick enough. And one of the reasons he's having to play so far forward is because Alessandrini's not in the lineup as well. Yeah. Otherwise, you get a lot of offense generated from Alessandrini. But so, that's also, I mean, why you play Chris Pontius in front of him, right? Chris right. Pontius has, a, has the ability to play defense. <clears throat> if I remember correctly, I think Philly may even used him as a right, as right back a few times. Um, when he was out there. <clears throat> so, I mean, he is a good defender from midfield. So Felter can take a little bit of liberty going forward. But with a team like LAFC, <clears throat> they're bombing forward the other way as soon as they win the ball. They play a very good high pressure. And when they win that ball, they're gone. Right. They're, they're going forward quickly. Unlike the Galaxy, who are playing the ball in the back bit, playing more long ball. They're not pushing the ball uh, the same way LAFC was on the field, trying to take five, six touches through midfield into the attack. So Felcher really has to be careful when he goes forward and gets into that. But that being said, I thought he served in some good balls. I think he loses it going forward a little too much. Right. But I mean, we didn't, we didn't realistically, we didn't get the best right back in the league, but he's good. He's decent. He's decent. And he was, in my opinion, in the first half, offensively, the best weapon the Galaxy had. Uh, his crosses need work. So does Boateng's. I mean, both sides of that. Well, Boateng had a bad game. I'm sorry. Yeah, he I, did. Like people like talking about like he had a bad game, in my opinion. Yeah, between him and Carrasco, they had nightmare first halves for me. And I didn't like Carrasco's first half. I didn't like Boateng's first half. Um, you know, Boateng gave the ball away too easily. He dribbled into pressure, which he tends to do. He gets moving oh, so yeah. fast. That, it was so annoying. He did it twice right in front of me where, where your seats were. And I just couldn't believe it. One of them obviously led to the goal. Right. And if I remember correctly, I think both of them kind of contributed to both the first two goals, right? Um, let's see. The second one, I would have to go back and re- try to remember where that play I, I broke down. I try to remember as yeah. well, but I just remember thinking, God, his passing out of the back was horrible. I mean, it's... It, it, there's a time and place to try to be a guy in the dribble. There's time and place to be uh, be creative in midfield. Right. I don't think it's when you're trying to launch a counterattack and half your team is going forward, and now they all have to reverse direction because you gave away a simple ball in basically the transitional de- defensive third. It's a really rough place, and I think that's kind of where he shows his age. And I'm not convinced on him being a starter on this team, to be honest with you. I know yeah. a lot of people are big Boateng fans. I think that that is uh, legit spot if everyone's healthy. Well, well, oh no, it, it is, and that's not a question. And anybody who argues that has has you know rose colored glasses on. Here's here's my problem with Boateng, is he's going to be such a better sub because if you run him at tired legs, that's yeah. that's just extra speed and extra stuff. And that's really he is until he proves otherwise. He's a one dimensional player for me. And how often does he do ninety minutes? But he not, plays every game. Yeah, he can't go 90 minutes. He's one of those guys who doesn't manage his minutes well. It's just he gas tank empty. A lot like Felcher in the second half, by the way. Felcher was dead in the second half. The Galaxy didn't have a... Siggy sort of left him out there and been like, do what you can, do when you can. And the guy's in good shape, so he was able to pull through it. But there are a bunch of legs out there in the second half that were dead. Felcher's was probably the best because he did the most running in the first half. So you saw that. But for me, 
Boateng is going to be a sub. And he's one-dimensional, and until you can prove otherwise, he's going he's going to be a sub yeah, and a good you know, sub. Ibra's going to get Ibra's going to get all the attention in this game, and rightfully so. But for me, there's two other players that are really standouts in what happened with the Galaxy comeback. And first, what it's almost kind of hard to admit, right? But it's Baggio Hasidic. Baggio, uh, Baggio Hasidic yeah. gave the Galaxy what they needed. In that second, uh, that that what the last thirty minutes of the game, which was composure in midfield. Yep. He really because they were so frantic trying to win the ball, so frantic trying to push it forward. He had this calmness on the ball to just distribute sideways, distribute back. I mean, he, he was very very calm on the ball, and the Galaxy needed that calming influence because they seemed to be so worried about getting that first goal that they weren't taking time to really just look at the field, evaluate, and Baggio Sidic gave them time. And right. that was really important. Then the other key move was, and this is another credit to Ziggy, both of these to Ziggy, to be honest with you, is um, the move of Ashley Cole into midfield. Uh, that, see, that's what I was jumping up and down on, on on Monday. Hold your thought on that. We have a call. Let's get to this call. Uh, 424, who's this? Hey, Josh, this is Hugh from Reddit. Hey. Hey, Chris. How's it going, buddy? What do you got? Everything's going good. And first of all, I'll talk about the elephant. No, no. The lion in the room. Yes. Okay. Slapan. Now, I was very pessimistic about his signing before. Okay. After, after this weekend's performance, I am more than willing to start drinking that Kool-Aid. But, like, Kback said earlier this week on Monday, I'm going to, I'm going to enter this a little cautiously still, Okay. you know, what I, what I saw was a good start really shut me up, but still a 37 year old guy. Things can still go wrong. The knee can still act up, right? doesn't matter at this point. Honestly, I'm fully prepared to say, you know what? Slatan is that guy. And we're going to win the sixth MLS Cup. Ooh. If Slatan stays healthy. Ooh. Okay. Prepared to do that. A couple other things regarding the weekend's game. I know everything else was overshadowed completely by Slatan. It's hard not to. The guy's six foot five, but his performance overshadowed just about everything else. I thought the Sebastian Legette goal was a great breath of fresh air for him. I think that's going to be really good for him going forward. You know, being gone a year, not having any activity, and now you're back. Biggest game of the season so far. You score a goal, you inject some life back into the team. I can see it. I can see Legette getting a, a double-digit season this year. Um, goals, possibly assists as well. Right. So really excited for that. Really excited for that. And, again, keep up the good work. The show is great. And I hope more people are listening now that there's more exposure. <laughs> Seems like the galaxy's trending everywhere now. So just that. Awesome. Thanks a lot. Awesome. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate well, the call. Let's, let's address the real lion and or elephant in the room. Is K-Bax a thing? Yeah, and so... Um, that <laughs> what is he, on you, one, direc you, one Direction? Yeah, you, you know, uh, LA Galaxy Outsider gave us a call after the game on Monday. We had a bunch of calls come in, and so uh, K so LA Galaxy Outsider calls in and says, uh, says hey, Josh, hey, K-Bax. So I guess it's a thing now. I mean, if LA Galaxy Outsider calls you something, you probably can stick with it. I mean, I think Kevin has some real street cred now. Wow, man, that's 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 an impressive name, <laughs> no, right? No, there. no, go go back to go back to Ashley Cole, go back to Ashley Cole because this move and I and I yelled about it on Monday was the best. This is a move that Kurt Anolfo pulled, by the way, last year. All right, and people, Who? people, yeah, that guy. I, so some people are acting, and we're gonna. I, I know we're gonna have another joke. Some people are acting, Jared, like 2017 never happened. All right, like well, it you just. Think, here's a here's a real question for you: Could Kurt Anolfo win with Zlatan? <sighs> I think I could win with Zlatan. So I imagine that Kurt could probably win with Slaton. Do you think? I don't. Listen, I, I still to this day think Nalfa got half a raw deal. Yeah, probably. Probably 50-50. I, mean, I don't know if there's any coach that could have stepped in and won with the team with the changes that happened last season. And he throw on top of that some of the questionable moves by the front office that he had was forced into. Right. I think he was a sacrificial lamb, to be honest with you. I don't, I'm not, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that he did well. Right. I'm saying that I don't know many people who could have done well with what they had. Look at Ziggy Schmidt. Who's won more games than Ziggy Schmidt beside Bruce Arena 
and you saw how the second half of the season ended. He was no miracle coming into here. Granted, I think he was the architect of a number of good moves leading into the season, and he'll get all the plaudits for this. Right. But Onofo didn't get that luxury. No, no. And he was he was never... I thought they were going to get because they, they, they trotted out a, a, a nursery and, and told the told Kurnoff <laughs> play with these kids. That's right. That's right. And then all the injuries, too. I mean, all those injuries hit. And that's another thing. You know, those kids weren't supposed to be the starters. And I know that's sort of the, you know, the line that everybody trots out is that, they, you know, they tried to give them an L.A. Galaxy 2 team. That that L.A. Galaxy 2 team really was supposed to be the backup guys and they were supposed to learn. And this yeah. was going to supposed to be something for the future. And unfortunately, with all the injuries, they, there was no depth on the team and they, and they ran away. But, you know, going back to Zlatan, um, it, it's it's what we no, went back to Cole. Why oh, did okay. you like that move? It, it was very simple reason. All right. Is that Ashley Cole is a guy who is an ex- uh, obviously a very experienced player, is not afraid of big games. You put Dave Romney back in that left-back role, so you give the defense and you boost the defense. Remember, the game's tied at this point. It's 3-3, right? So you're, mm-hmm. bo- you're, you're solidifying the defense with some fresh legs back there because Ashley Cole had gotten beaten a couple times around the corner, plus you can now let Ashley Cole get forward. He's one of the guys who can put crosses in, and you know that Ashley and Zlatan are going to look for each other. You know mm-hmm. that there's a level that those two can hit that other players can't, right? And that, it, it's just... It's about what to expect and when to expect it. And you see the play that develops that eventually scores. You know, Zlatan's going to be offside, so he pulls back, right? So Ashley Cole Mm -hmm. says, I'm going to keep running for the ball. Never stopped. He gets there first. He puts the cross in, and Zlatan knew it was coming. Everything was there. The the experience of those two players shows on that play. Yeah. Uh, A, because Zlatan makes the very key decision not not to commit to the ball. And uh, knowing he's offside, and what you'll notice is the LEFC players just expected Zlatan to, to get the offsides call. Yeah, I mean Ashley Cole never stopped running, and that's one of the things I like about Ashley Cole. And it, you put the guy with the most heart in a position to affect the game. Yeah, absolutely. that guy was not going to stop. You know he's tired. Yeah, how could he not be tired? He worked his butt off for ninety minutes. But at the end of the day, he's the one chasing down the ball. The two oldest guys in the field are the ones chasing down the ball for the winning for the win and that's the difference that experience brings to the game you know LEFC doesn't have those players or that player nope. you know they don't, who granted they hit a post towards the end they did awesome. urania did but yep. who was the difference maker when it, they needed it Velo was there early. He was. But who was there at the end? Who was there to disrupt the play? Why wasn't there someone fouling the Galaxy every time they got on the ball? Why wasn't there someone putting Zlatan on his butt? Yeah, why, why don't you body check, you know, Emo Boateng whenever he starts to run through on that on that first cross that gets the, the ball to Pontius. I mean, by the way, credit to Steven Bateshaw. I thought he had a great first half closing down Boateng. He did. And again, Boateng was, you know, having a nightmare. And you can you can certainly look over on the other side of the field and say that LAFC had the game plan for Boateng early in that game in the first half for sure. And through Carrasco, quite honestly, the Galaxy's midfield was playing so deep. They were allowing so much yeah. room for LAFC to run. It's what you see in my old game, well, my old man games I play in, is that you can tell the guy that's the really older guy that's out of shape because it's the person that stands five feet from the player instead of the one that's right up on the player. Right. People have this fear that they're if if they're worried about speed, you can tell which players don't think they're fast. If they don't think they're fast, they play off the player. Mm-hmm. But what they don't realize is they're allowing them to turn, and then now the guy's facing you with the ball. And you thought you were slow before. Wait till he's running at you. Yeah. You know, and that's what the Galaxy was doing in that first half. They weren't in the face of LAFC enough. They weren't tight enough to them. They weren't pushing up the field to close down the playable space and force them to play with their back to goal instead of facing it. And you let a, a team like LAFC that has the culture players, the creative players that they do, you let them face goal with the ball at their feet. I, I mean, you're going to give them with this uh, so much more field to play with. They have to condense the field. This Galaxy team has to start pressuring more, especially against a team like LAFC. And it seems counterintuitive because you know they're good with the ball. Right. But you have to deny them the ability to turn forward. Yeah. And that's what I think that the teams sometimes do. LA did it in the first half. LAFC, I mean, Galaxy did it in the first half. LAFC did it in the second half, especially when Ibra came on. Yep, they because backed now off. you see them playing with fear. Yep. Oh, you saw it. You saw it change, and, and that's sort of the thing that goes to our to our Zlatan and, and sort of our next our next topic here is that you know the LA Galaxy uh, or Zlatan Ibrahimovic got voted the Alcatel MLS Player of the Week. All right, nineteen minutes. Remember, he played nineteen minutes, two shots, two goals. I mean, there were and there were some reporters I think that were trying to overthink it uh, in, in trying to vote for these guys that was saying you know well the guy only played nineteen minutes. 
Uh, you know, there's he can't be player of the week with just 19 minutes, even if he did get two goals. But there's no question he was player of the week this year, this week. Oh, this is the kind of thing that frustrates me so much because as a guy that used to have to do two to three shows a week, right, and fill three hours of time, right, this is the kind of stupid stuff people talk about to fill time. Yes, you know, it, it's it's something that someone has to put words on the page, someone has to put uh, minutes in a podcast, and they talk about stuff like this, like it matters. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter the worth of 19 minutes. At the end of the day, who's the only guy anyone's talking about in MLS this week? That's Zlatan. That's the guy. Okay. And you're right when people say overthink it. But this is the kind of thing people invent to have something to talk about. It's the reason power rankings exist. You know what? There's already power ranking. It's called the danks. It's the the table. That's right. It's who's in first place. That's the power ranking. Yeah. But we vent all this other stuff to occupy us for six days till the next game, and it's just full of, like, stupid stuff. I, I hate stuff like this. Zlatan's the only thing anyone's talking about that makes him player of the week. What is... Okay, so so if you can remember then, Jared, I mean, I don't know if you remember. I don't know if you looked at the show notes. Maybe you already know the answer to this. Huh? How? Who was the last Galaxy player to get MLS player of the week? Well, first of all, you know I don't do my homework. I was going to say, you probably didn't read the shutouts. It's fine. Yeah, the, the, this week, my kid <laughs> couldn't find his homework, and uh, it doesn't have any to turn in. That's how I knew he was my son. <laughs> You're like, yeah, uh, yeah, that's funny, yeah. Yep. So I would guess Alessandrini. Okay, so the last person to win MLS Player of the Week was Giovanni Dos Santos, and it wasn't last year. It was in 2016. That, that was the, about right. As many good games as Allison Drini had in 2017, apparently was overshadowed by the losses. It was just nobody cared. It was one of those. It was like, yeah, whatever. You guys are you guys that's are like in last being, place. That's like being like the, the most attractive girl in the Victoria's Secrets catalog. Is anyone really noticing? <laughs> like they're all attractive, or they're all. I mean, I should have gone the other way, I guess. But it, it, you're you're not going to get noticed when there's so much other stuff around you. Right. Right. No, and, and that's sort of and that's sort of what happened there. But yeah, so you go back to that and you and you look at it. And so, you know, in my fun research that I did and and looking at all of these things, I actually went back and tracked some of them and just the last players of the week, just to tell you how far back these have to go, you go back to September thirteenth. Kalitzman, ninety seven. <laughs> I didn't go back that far, all right. I stopped in thirteen. Uh Boateng. Uh, one player of the week uh, uh, in 2016. Giovanni Dos Santos again in 2016. Mike McGee in 2016. Then you go back to 15. Oh, God, those I, felt like better times when you started saying that. I know. Here, listen to, listen to 15. Oh, 15. Oh, Keen. Chris Burchill. Keen. 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 Zardes in 2015. Jaime Pinedo in 2015. And then it's then in 2014, it's the Landon Donovan show. Donovan, 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 Donovan. Keen. Donovan, Keen. Oh, so God. I know I feel my pants getting tight just talking about <laughs> I, it. I knew you would enjoy it. But anyway, I just I couldn't believe whenever I went back to research and find out who the last Galaxy player was, there wasn't one from 27. It's not that it's surprising, right? It, when you look at what happened last year, it's not surprising that there's not one Galaxy player who didn't have, you know, an MLS player of the week, except you would think that Alison Drini for as good as he was last year, despite being on a horrible, broken team, maybe he got one. But that's not what happened. So, which makes you froth at the mouth when you think about what's possible when he gets healthy on the field with Ibrahimovic. Yep. You know, and I, I, granted, I don't think Ibrahimovic is going to be a ninety-minute player for quite some time. Not, yeah, not anytime soon. Yeah. So, I mean, you if people have to temper their expectations, and I don't know, is he good for two goals? Like, I don't know. First of all, is he good for twenty minutes a game right now? Yeah, probably about that. Yeah. Okay, maybe thirty if you have to press him. He, don't expect this every week. If you <laughs> no, get no, it, no. That's fantastic. No, 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 no. You you expect it. You expect it every week. That's I expect the, the show. <laughs> you expect. I don't know if I expect the goals and the results. <sighs> Here's the thing. I mean, so there's a part of me, and obviously a game on Sunday against Sporting Kansas City. There's gonna be we're gonna a game where about. he doesn't score, but he puts his finger up a guy's like rear or something like that, and like to be funny. Like he's gonna do something every game. He's he's gonna be entertaining. He is an entertaining person. But th- there's almost a part of me that doesn't want Sunday to come because what I witnessed last Saturday was too perfect, and nothing can ever be as perfect. And you just you just sort of know. I don't know. Maybe maybe I just should, retired. Maybe I should maybe I should have retired. Maybe this is it. Maybe that. Maybe the, I've reached it. I, I don't want to see any more. I don't want to do any more. I should just call call the end of it. And, and I've seen the glory. Shut down the podcast. Just say, you know what? That was a good one to go out well, on. You're not going to see a better goal. No. No, you're not going to see a better game. That's the whole thing. I've been watching this league for a long time. We all know about David Beckham and his debut and whatever they went over to New yeah, York, a game the Galaxy I, lost. It's weird about that. I, I, he talking about his debut, but his debut was against Chelsea. I, well, yeah, but MLS debut. Okay, MLS. Okay. And that was a great game. I actually think that was a better game 
than this one played. Probably a played game. It was my head. Di Rosario, Thierry Henry on the field. Juan Pablo on hell. Was that the third one? Um, may have been. It was, it was JPA Henri and Di Rosario, I think, on one side, and Donovan Keane and Beckham on the other side. If I'm remembering this correctly, I think that was what the lineup was. JPA may have been, been passed already at that time. Might have been someone else, but. That game, I think, was a better played game. I think it was one of the highest levels of soccer that has been played in MLS. But this one was far more sensational and memorable. Yeah, it was. It was. It was unbelievable. I, the, my previous best game I've ever seen in person, which is, I think, it's kind of funny. Uh, it was maybe twenty twelve. Uh, uh, let me get. Can I guess it? Yeah, go ahead. one. Go ahead. I would say that my one before that was actually a Superliga game. Oh, okay. So no, we have a different one. When Chris, when Chris Klein hit the bike. Okay. So I mean, in terms of and and I think that was before I was. There's only like ten thousand people in this. Yeah, stadium. yeah, yeah. I, I was not there. For, I I don't know that I was even. No, no. Beckham was with the team then. He was, was he? actually out injured that game. It may have been like 2008, right before I came in. Right, mm, 2000. I think it was right around there, dude. I yeah. think you were around, man. But it, that, that was a really, really good one. There weren't many people in the stadium to see it, but it was a fantastic game. So, so my other favorite game was a zero-zero draw with New York Red Bulls at StubHub Center. It was a nationally televised game. Thierry Henry, Luke Rogers. That was the game where Landon Donovan says, "Who's Luke Rogers?" Right. Oh that was yeah, that one. Dude, Luke Rogers, man. I wish that guy was still in the league. He was. He was. He was a great heel. Uh, a great guy to hate. Um, but that was my That's previous. going to be. That was. That was one of my. Favorite, yeah, but you know he can't be a heel when he's on your team. It's sort of like Dima Kovalenko. Everybody hated, but outside of the galaxy, but on the galaxy, he's just he's just your guy. Like you don't you don't you don't not like him, you know. So it's I don't know. It's very interesting. That was a great game. But here's the other things that Zlatan Ibrahimovic has won this week: uh, MLS Team of the Week. Obviously, he won the Goal of the Week. Not surprising. And also the EA Sports Team of the Week. Just wanted to make sure everybody knew that's where it was. Um, let's see. Do 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 do. Let's look at some of the other things I'll get to. Okay, so the report comes out, Jared, that Zlatan Ibrahimovic, even after he had his his knee injury, was offered and turned down a $100 million contract to go to China. You can't get good Mexican food in China. <laughs> that's, that's one of the reasons, I'm sure. Uh, and listen, people are saying that Ibra doesn't have sponsorships tied into this. So I don't believe that for a second. I don't, I don't think he's the, here for just... Tam money, yeah, one point five. Turning million. down a hundred million dollars without yeah. sponsorships and stuff like that. This guy knows the value of his name and his brand in L.A. Well, here's the here's the thing that you you said. I don't think the Galaxy have them have him set up for sponsorships. I don't believe that because they've been jumping up and down anytime anybody even suggests it for a second. They're like, no, no, no. I do, however, believe that Zlatan Ibrahimovic on his own probably makes twenty, thirty million dollars a year on That's sponsorships all by himself. He doesn't even need the Galaxy's help, but. Certainly being in the U.S. market, and I don't think the U.S. market is huge for him in terms of sponsorships. I don't think he's going to suddenly, you're not going to see him, you know, doing a Samsung Galaxy ad in the United States. how tall he would look in China? Yeah, he would be, he would be a good Don't get wrong. Yao Ming is like, there's probably tall people in China, but it ain't that tall. By the way, people in the, in the, in the chat room are trying to check me on my number. It was a hundred million dollar contract and he turned down basically 97 million because the difference of his contract is 1.5 million times two years, which is 3 million. So he's losing $97 million to come play for the LA galaxy. That's how it was. Anyway, sorry. I don't, you know, when people try to check me on numbers, I don't, I'm, but he's gaining so much beach. (laughs) <laughs> he's gaining so much beach. Don't you want to just see, like, if six months from now, I want an episode of Cribs on Zlatan's house. Yeah, I of course. I want to see what his California lifestyle is. I bet you he got yoga pants. Well, well, the other part of this is... And I when, bet you he has a dojo room in his house. Well, he probably has a Zlatan room, right? This actually at his whole his house. pictures is, in it? Yeah, his whole house is Zlatan, right? I mean, everybody calls him. His wife probably calls him Zlatan, like, just all the time. There's no babe. There's no... Maybe she calls him Lion. You know, but there's, I, I have a feeling he has like rules for these things. Wow, man, you're doing some, you're really patient some heavy role play. <laughs> uh, he goes into, but anyway, I mean, the other part of this is that China isn't exactly a place where you're known for getting paid all the time either. So it's not like, and once you're yeah. injured or if you got injured or you're done, um, one is that if you go to China, you kind of almost disappear because there's not a ton of Chinese Super League games on television. Um, there's not a ton of social media that comes out of China either on that side. So you, you do kind of disappear. That's not Zlatan. Zlatan doesn't want to go disappear. He wants to be, he wants to be bigger than ever. And he was, the guy was on sports center. Well, there's plenty of players that have taken big name contracts in China and just disappeared. 
you know, and say what you will about MLS, but Beckham still was fighting for a World Cup uh, team spot while being in in, in MLS. Mm-hmm. Thierry Henry was still on highlight rules with his goals in Europe when he was in MLS. Yep. You know, th- you don't just fall off the face of the planet when you come here. There's still a lot of attention here. Whereas China, I mean, Tevez goes over there. I mean, who's heard of it? I mean, there's a lot of players that, that ended their careers in China, right. India, um, in Middle East, and they just disappear yep yeah no one you can't say that that goal this weekend by any means disappeared everyone knows where ibra is playing right now well well here's the thing and and it's been my argument it's been my argument forever and i think i i don't know i'm getting credit for it right now and it's working right now so i'll take credit for it as it goes but the la galaxy have been missing this presence uh you had this guy who just got interviewed and talked went to uh you know sports center in los angeles zlatan ibrahimovic in shorts in shorts like the dude is just like yeah whatever i'm on sports center it's not a big deal i i no disrespect to anybody any other players on the la galaxy it doesn't matter if Roman Alessandrini does the exact same thing as Laton does. He's not going on SportsCenter. That's not happening. Here's my, here's my other thing I like. If anyone else is on that position, they're wearing like a Galaxy team polo that they, they want to make them wear and stuff like that. My man was in a black t-shirt and black like parachute shorts. Yeah, he was like, I'm good. Yeah, I just did Zlatan. <laughs> I'm Zlatan. That's fine. No, I mean, and, and that is, it's his ease at being in the spotlight. And granted, I... I they did a, a a map of Twitter whenever he scored his goal, right? And they they I did want to it. see that. Oh, it's, it, I will try. I will try. It was one of the tweets I retweeted it like three days ago. But they did it, and they showed like the hot spots. You know how like whenever something happens, they show goals like in the World Cup or something like that, and it shows like the hot spots. And so you see a little bit of the game being talked about in uh, in L A. in L A. in L A. And then all of a sudden he scores that goal, and it just goes boom across the whole globe. And that's the difference. Again, Roman Alessandrini can do the same thing. That's not but happening. But honestly, Jason, you, Jason, sorry, oh, Josh. Oh, wow, wow. That was way throwback. Sorry, I did a podcast with him more recently. Yeah, I know, no worries. How, over, under, on how many times you watched that goal this weekend? <sighs> I, I'm easily at 50. Oh, I could be higher than that. Probably way easily. higher than that. I woke up I mean, the next... I don't know if there's... Like, last time I watched a goal that many times was probably Donovan and Al- against Algeria. Yes, yeah, yeah. And this may be even... No, it's not more, but it, yeah, maybe it is it's more. It's not more because I, I don't was have there. a personal attachment to, from like my country. Like the Galaxy is my home team. Don't get me wrong, but there's a pride thing with being American that but, we all just have in us. That's lame. But but the, but the difference was I was there. The I me saw sad it. when I look at a president. I I was there and I saw it. Okay, so it's it's even more. I keep I keep watching the replay to remind me of what it felt like, even in the press box when everybody in the press box made. You know, press box is normally pretty quiet. Highlight rule what they do with Donovan's of all people reacting to the goal like in bars, but I guess people weren't just watching it like that. That's see, that's the whole problem. But I mean, yeah, it's way more than fifty times probably. And the Galaxy just put out another video that came out that is great. That is like has a little bit of music to it, and it recaps it again, almost NFL films like, but without like the old classical music, more more modern music. What the Galaxy I think needs to do now when you have a player like Ebro who can do anything in any given moment, they need just to put two hundred cameras in the stadium, just focused in. on 200 pairs of fans' faces just so they can capture moments of people's reactions when goals happen. Yeah, you could like do that. You could do that. If you went and set GoPros around like the, the rails all the way around the, the – you could do that. You could capture – but I know what you mean. But there's going to be those crazy times. So, I mean, this is the thing, though. The Galaxy have been missing the star power. They have the star power. They're in Los Angeles. All these things are coming together. This feels like a different team. One player makes this and, – and again – LA Galaxy without Roman Alessandrini, Giovanni Dos Santos, and Jonathan Dos Santos in that game. That's one of the real stories to me. That's that's crazy. Okay, and you come back and you win that game. That that the LA Galaxy team without those guys and without Zlatan Ibrahimovic has no business being in that game. All right. I, I, I would agree. Listen, it's MLS, so I mean anyone can win anything. But yeah. I agree with you overall. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No. And and so that, and you're playing against you're playing against a first year team. Let's remember, it's still an expansion team, and they're going to have a lot of hiccups this season. Granted, Atlanta set a really high bar last year. Seattle, Chicago, there's teams that have done it initial year, and I think LFC is going to have a very good year this year. Right. But they're still not ready. No. No, he's not there anymore. I mean, I did, you see the emotional intelligence that was lacking in the second half of that. Like, right. they, they can play, but you could tell they're not a team yet when you see them fold the way they did. 
Yeah, they're not there yet. Well, and the, quite honestly, the Galaxy aren't there yet either. I mean, this is a Galaxy Do you think team. there's any LAFC fans that left that stadium thinking, okay, I'm on the slide and go for Galaxy now just because I can't not support Ibra? Uh, no. No, I, I think the people who are really, really dead set um, and are the diehard LAFC fans, I think that they're... I don't know. Maybe, maybe you did tr- turn some people with that. I mean, hey, I know we're, we don't have that. Like, we only got like 15 minutes left, right. but I do want to just real quick talk about the fan experience yeah, there go for and, it. The, and the and the rivalry portion because that that's amazing that that has fallen to like a C storyline or something like that at this point that we had a first der- the derby match between these two teams and credit where credit's due, LAFC fans showed up for this game. They did. They but, did. Technically, it's their first home game, too. I mean, like, yeah. what else? I mean, they haven't even had their stadium open yet. So this is their first chance to see their team play in front of their actual, like, hometown. So if I was an LAFC fan, I'm buying tickets to this game. Will they come to all of them like this? We'll see. But credit where credit's due. I thought they did a fantastic job uh, showing up, supporting their team, and then walking home losers. <laughs> it is. You have to. And, and that has to be one of the biggest sort of... Um, just just smashes the heart that you could possibly get. You finally get to see your team in person. For most of those people, they didn't travel to Seattle. Um, you know, they didn't go to RSL. So this is the first time they get to see their team. Their team is winning through nothing. It's elation for them. This is what they wanted. This is all they wanted the whole year. To see their team and to beat the LA Galaxy the first time and then to see it all go away in 30 minutes. I mean, if you're a Galaxy fan, you you're 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 feasting on those salty tears that, you know, pour down the faces of LAFC fans during this game because that's heartbreaking. Check you getting all, like, Hemingway on it. Uh, yeah, I, it's all the scotch. That's what it is, clearly. Oh, that's what I'm missing. Oh, see, you. it's been so long, you, you forgot. Don't worry, I'm just drinking. Oh, man, me and my LaCroix, I'm so lame. <laughs> me, I'm just, I just have water over here, so you, so you were Oh, you were lying about yeah, your scotch? I was, I was. Everybody can see me. There's fine. Do you it's even just, drink scotch? I do. I do. Oh, I thought I didn't know based on your shoes you were a scotch drinker or not. I thought maybe you did something else. I did get a new pair of uh, Sperry's yesterday too, so I'm kind of oh, pumped about Lord. that as well. So yeah, lots of things. Anyway, let's uh, let's continue on here. I want to get to Sporting Kansas City and do it, but one more thing we want to talk about. Um, Siggy Schmidt today was asked to compare Zlatan uh, Zlatan's goal with Ronaldo's goal, right? You know, and that's everything. That, I guess that's a Ronaldo's thing. Ronaldo's better, I'm sorry. It's it's things. So Siggy Schmidt, here's what he says. He goes, for me, timing is everything. So Zlatan's goal was definitely more worthwhile for me because it has a direct impact for me. Certainly Ronaldo, I think Ibra said this himself, the goal was in a very important match, Champions League against Juventus. I know you'd love to have me compare it, but I'm not going to compare it. I think Zlatan's goal was definitely the goal of the week in our league and the goal of the day for us. Isn't that nice and political right down the way? It is, but it's also BS. Ronaldo's goal is one of the only goals that could have knocked Ibra's off the uh, the radar this week, and it was amazing. That is a world-class goal. Not that Ibra's was not. It was as well, but Ziggy's right when he talks about the stage. Yeah. To, in, in to do that on that stage and pull off pull that off. And in the day, Zlatan's was fantastic, but I think even Zlatan would tell you as a scorer of mini bicycles himself that that Ronaldo goal is probably better. Yeah, it, it probably is. Uh, okay, so we have a, a question that came in uh, from Rob, and Rob asked, uh, Zlatan, Zlatan for two years at $3 million, worth it 100%. One game in and the amount of advertising alone is worth it. Jared, do you agree with this last statement at least? Worth it 100, let's see, one game and the amount of advertising alone is worth Yeah, I would say that's actually a, a good count, a shout when you talk about um, uh, worth. Uh, and listen, anyone to listen to the episode that I was on before all this knows that I was not a fan of bringing Zlatan here. And I still don't know that overall I will be or not. My take has always been not short-term returns. He signed a two-year contract. And I'm going to base my total opinion on how many games does he play over two years and are we getting what we need out of him? These are the only two goals he scores. People are being hyperbolic and saying, this is worth it just in itself. Is it really, though? If you didn't play any more games for the next two years and you wasted a spot on a guy that you maybe could have brought a young talent in from, from South America or something like that, I this my personal feeling is I wish Galaxy had gone that direction. That being said, I don't wish not to have not have scored this weekend or anything like that. I was immediately entertained. I'm so stoked that that he's playing for us, and I, I've decided to support the player that's on my team. That being said, two years from now, ask me, and I'll tell you, because here's <laughs> the thing. When we traded away Mike McGee for Robbie Rogers, everyone hated it. 
Yep. Everyone hated it. Yep. Then Mike McGee gets injured. Yeah. Well, first, and, and first Robbie he won, Rogers wait, becomes wait, wait. a fixture for us, and we go on and win two more trophies. And all of a sudden, now everyone talks about that being a good trade for the Galaxy. Remember, Mike McGee won MVP before that happened, so just before he got hurt. But yes, you're right. All right, we have a, a phone call here. I want to get to this person. 323, who's this? It's Bobby. Hey, Bobby. What do you got, buddy? Hey, uh, I just want to say that three million, I think it already made up for just, just in the amount of uh, just in the amount of attention the team has gotten in the last week or so. Yeah. Yeah, I don't disagree. For advertising, advertising alone. Yeah. No, no, it is because it's worldwide. It's everything. Three million dollars is nothing. It costs thirty, thirty something thousand dollars to put an ad in the L.A. Times. So imagine how much all this worldwide attention is technically worth. Yeah, that, that's well and good and all, and you guys are completely right when you say it. But you still, how much of that money, revenue dollars, or anything that goes into your pocket as a fan? Oh, zero. Zero. No. You know I what I choose to rate my team by? Trophies in the cabinet. But, but you bring me a trophy in the cabinet, I will be happy. And I just don't know if. Zlatan, if he plays, trophy in the cabinet is a very high likelihood. I, I if understand. he doesn't play, like he hasn't for the last 18 months, excuse me, last year, apologize, for the last year, then I'm going to judge it accordingly. Because none of that attention, all that Twitter, all the Twitter uh, impressions and stuff like that, that doesn't do anything for me. All the jersey sales he's about to do, that doesn't do anything for me. But You know what matters to me? The next time I buy a jersey, it has one more star on it. By the way, I would like to point out that uh, if you go to cornerofthegalaxy.com right now, you can go and read Larry Morgan's article where he talks about jersey sales just in the team store at the uh, at the stadium there, Jared. They have already gone through a thousand, more than a thousand t-shirts and, and, uh, and jerseys with the name Ibrahimovic on the back. That, that's awesome. That's cool. I like that. Yeah, that's cool. But like, I, once again... I don't care. Completely, completely unrelated, by the way. Corner of the Galaxy still has our Lion of Los Angeles shirt for sale up on Bonfire. Head to cornerofthegalaxy.com and click on the shop button. Uh, 20- that I care about. $25 uh, gets you a shirt. Uh, they will be shipping here in about 10 days. They'll start to pr- print them and then ship them. So you have about 10 days left to get your shirt. So cornerofthegalaxy.com. Hit that shop button. Go ahead and grab it. Of course, Corner of the Galaxy scarves still in stock as well. So same place. You can click on the pictures. You guys are, are big boys and girls. You can all figure it out. Um, all right. Let's go to this Sporting Kansas City game as we look at the standings in the Western Conference. Sporting Kansas City is the first team in the Western Conference, and I'll have some discussion about that. Vancouver Whitecaps currently sit in second. Just behind them, LA Galaxy in third, LAFC in fourth. All right. If you look at the Sporters Shield, LA Galaxy sit in sixth. Sporting Kansas City sits in third. The number one team in the in the Supporters Shield race right now is a, is a, is a team both the LA Galaxy and Sporting Kansas City have lost to. Uh, New York City FC sits at the top, 13 points out of five games played. At the very, 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 very bottom down in 23rd place is the Seattle Sounders. Ooh, fun. Uh, Sporting Kansas City game coming up on Sunday. Then Saturday, April 14th, the LA Galaxy will travel away to Chicago to give you your schedule. Uh, They will then host on April 21st a big game. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, Atlanta United coming to StubHub Center. That's going to be a ton of fun. Can't wait for that one. Uh, And then they will host again the New York Red Bulls. Another interesting game for the Galaxy. So a lot of good teams coming through on Saturday, April 28th. That's when you can have uh, New York Red Bulls. And then the Houston Dynamo excuse me, away on Saturday, May 5th. Uh, Some injury updates, some injury news. Uh, Here we go, Jared. Uh, Roman Alessandrini is likely to play against Sporting Kansas City. He's been training this full week. Uh, Jonathan Dos Santos also likely to play, so those hamstring injuries seem like they are going to be done and dusted. Siani, who had an abdominal strain, also in full training this week. So the only guys who are still completely and totally out, probably, Jamison out with the concussion protocol. Giovanni Dos Santos out with the hamstring. He's still not training, trained inside again on Thursday. Giovanni Dos Santos out with the damaged pride. Maybe. Could be. Don't know. The, 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 the team is better for it. It, it. I think it is. I think it is right now, which will be interesting to see if he comes back. When he comes back, when that happens, uh, Sebastian Legette is also transfer window so far away. <laughs> it is uh, Sebastian Legette is also a guy who is uh, currently missing training on Thursday. Uh, he got stepped on in the LAFC game, so they're giving some time off. It says right now, Siggy said it was precautionary. Was it the same foot? Don't know. Don't know which foot it is yet. Didn't get to see him. Didn't get to talk to him. Larry was out there. Um, said that you know, Siggy said it was precautionary, so it was not training on Thursday. We'll see. Uh, there's going to be a bunch of reporters out there on Friday. 
uh, as you're probably listening to this show, Friday is uh, Zlatan Talking Day. So two days before a game is usually Zlatan Talking Day. So they're going to have everybody will be down there uh, tomorrow on Friday to uh, to get all that stuff. Bajiu Husidic also missed out on training on Thursday. Uh, unknown injury, unknown anything. Don't know if he's coming back. Don't know if that's going to work. So we'll see. Just keep your eyes on those two, Legette and Husidic. I seem like the unknowns, and I think Legette is a probable right now, but we'll see. I'm going to be out there on Saturday as well. So we should have a good idea before going into the game on Sunday who will be available. Uh, the LA Galaxy will face off against Sporting Kansas City on April 8th, a 6 p.m. kickoff time on a Sunday. It's a nationally televised game on Fox Soccer, or excuse me, Fox Sports 1, FS1. So make sure you check that out. Uh, the LA Galaxy are 2-1-1, one, one, 7 points. Uh, Sporting Kansas City, 3-1-1, one, one, 10 points. SKC's played one more game. That's how that one's going. And SKC comes off a one-goal victory over DC United um, in their last game last weekend. All right, Jared. Sporting Kansas City sits at the top of the Western Conference right now. Uh, is this a difficult game for the Galaxy, or is this a game maybe uh, well, some mirrors being cast here by Sporting Kansas City? They're faking everybody out. No, it's it's, it's going to be a tough game because I, I think in Sporting Kansas City, you may have the best defense in the league. Um, we go up against a, a tandem of uh, Opara and Beasler in the middle. Uh, Zuzi, I think, is having – he's a very good MLS defender. I still I think he's questioned at the international level, but I think he's hes good at that position, especially with the, with the way they play a three-man midfield in front. He has the ability to, to use the flank. Um, and – uh, I, I think with Espinosa in front of that back four, it's very similar to the setup we talked about with Perry Kitchen. It's tough to get to their back four when you have a, a quality uh, defender like that in front. So I think it's going to be very tough for the Galaxy creating chances. Um, that being said, the fact that their uh, their leading scorer may be out yes. is, is huge. That is big, and, and, that's, and that's the new it, thing, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a big part of it. And when you think about Felipe Gutierrez, and I can't remember if they brought him in, how they brought him in, and what kind of contract, but when I talk about there's players out there that before Zlatan was signed that I wanted to go after, this is the type of player I'm talking about. This type of player, the South American 27-year-olds that need a chance, that maybe we're playing in Argentina and our paychecks are bouncing, these are the type of players that are out there right now. And I know it's not doesn't have the curb appeal. I know he doesn't he, he's not Zlatan. And that's okay, but I think the way MLS is going in the future is the way of the Felipe Gutierrez's and less yeah. of the Zlatans. It doesn't make it wrong to have Zlatan here. It's just not my personal preference for how I would have liked to see the team build over the next five years. Well, one of the interesting things here's I'm going to go over SKC's schedule and how they played right now because I'm not convinced they're for real, and I'll tell you why I'm not convinced they're for real. Um, here are the teams and how those teams are ranked right now and the results. They played number one New York City at the very beginning, so they lost two to nothing. Galaxy lost two to one. Which New York? Uh, New York City. New York City. Okay. Uh, so, so they're the number one team in the uh, in the league right now, and they lost to them two to nothing. Okay, at at. Um, at New York City. Oh, no, it was actually, excuse me, uh, New York City was at Sporting Kansas City, so they lost a home game to New York City. Uh, the LA Galaxy also lost to New York City, but on the road. Uh, the next game they played was against Chicago. Chicago is currently uh, ranked 22 in the league out of 23 teams. Uh, that was an away win for them. Chicago's better than that, though. Yeah, I, think, I think they are, but... too, but it was an away win 4-3, to three, okay? So that was for Sporting Kansas yep. City. Then they played the San Jose Earthquakes, who are currently ranked 18th in the league. A 3-2 to two win at home for Sporting Kansas City. Then they went to Colorado. Colorado is the highest-ranked team they played since playing New York City, who's the number one. Colorado is the 13th-ranked team right now, and it was a draw 2-2. Two to two. Uh, Okay, but there's two ways to look wait, at that. Wait, hold on. Let me finish. 20th ranked team, DC United, last weekend, a one nothing win off of a deflection that happened in the third minute. That's that's what I'm saying. Right, they haven't two ways played. to look at yes. that. Is Sporting Kansas City a joke because they've only played bad teams? Or are they that good that all these teams are in worse positions because they all lost to Kansas City because Kansas City is good? Absolutely. A great point, and I'm glad that you brought it up because I also want to put in this for, for my argument for, for Sporting Kansas City not being real. Um... Sporting Kansas City is tied for the lead in goals four. Okay, so they've scored uh, the the most goals in the league. They're tied with ten with New York City, New York Red Bulls. So you sit there and you say, okay, those are good teams that they're next to. They're probably a better team than just the fact that they were playing poor competition, right? Okay, they're also tied for second worst in goals against with RSL and Portland with nine goals. All right, this is this seems like a team that is. Back and forth, and, and I've been cautioned by uh, by a, an LA Galaxy fan who lives in Kansas City, who watches them all the time, and says that this is a team, this Sporting Kansas City team, that does not die, Jared. 
They're a team that does not give up. So if they go down, they're going to come back. All right. So you, you look at all those things. The, the new Goonies? Yeah. No, I refuse to do that. But just for comparison's sake, I also looked at the Galaxy schedule because I didn't want to just be crazy because I don't know what the Galaxy are yet. And I'm not willing to say that the Galaxy are definitely better than Sporting Kansas City. I don't know that. But if you look at the teams the Galaxy have played, uh, they played the 21st ranked team very first, uh, Portland. Okay. They played the number one team in New York City, the number four team in Vancouver, the number nine team right now is their rank, but they were ranked higher when they played them, but the number 19 LAFC, and they'll play the number three team Sporting Kansas City coming up. So that's, that's where I sit. You, I will say that you will have a better idea of who this team is after that run. They should. And this is a game that the Galaxy need to win. It's a home game. So you need to win your home games. This would start the Galaxy 3-0 and at home. Uh, it would tie them for the, for the same amount of wins at home that they had last year, Jared. So this is, it, this is a game that the Galaxy, with Slaton Ibrahimovic, with the likely Roman Alessandrini, with the likely Jonathan Dos Santos, you get these guys back. Um, not having Sebastian Legette could be big, so that's something that you need to watch. Uh, Boateng can certainly fill in on that left-hand side, just as he has done throughout the year, so you're not losing a ton, but you would like to see Legette get I the start I think you'll see Alessandrini in for, assuming he has fitness, Alessandrini in for Legette, and Legette coming off the bench, and uh, uh, Savando Carrasco out for... Uh, Johnson Dos Santos. Yeah, Otherwise, it, I don't think you see any other changes. And it makes it a lot more. It, that makes it a much better look, as we were talking about, with Perry Kitchen giving him a one-track mind to defend and distribute uh, with Jonathan Dos Santos, and Jonathan Dos Santos getting a chance to pair with mm. whoever they put up top. But but with that lineup means you're playing a, a lone striker again. You and are. I think it's too much to ask a Kamara all season long. They, they're going to have to find that tandem striker at some point. They they're going to maybe Pontius and maybe Pontius. No, did he come on? Why would you not? Put Put Allison Drini out He's on the right-hand side. Oh, what? I thought you were going to say no. Pontius is up there with him. No, but I mean, I think you're going to. I think you need to put somebody underneath there. Who are you going to pair under there, right? No, because no time in his career has Pontius been a striker, and that includes now. If the, the most likely person to put there is Gio Dos Santos or Sebastian Legette. Now, for this game, they're not options. Right. So, so who are you going to? I think that Pontius probably starts. No, up I think top they play tomorrow. a lone striker again. I, I, I do. They, they might be a little bit of a hint of a false nine if you, if uh, Legette can play. Um, but I don't think you have a true out-and-out second striker until one of those two guys is healthy to be there consistently. And even then, is Gio a striker? Is he a midfielder? Uh, is he a soccer player? I, we don't know. I don't know what his best position is. Everybody Same tries to convince Lejet. me of something. I mean, I think he's just more of a midfielder, but I don't know. Is he inside? Is he outside? Where should he be? It's the Landon Donovan problem all over again. Now you got two of them. <laughs> yeah, but Legette, at least, I think, it can find a spot. I actually think that Legette will play on that left wing. Until uh, Zlatan can go uh, a, a starting, to a starting spot, right. they're going to have this problem. Yeah, of course they are. Of course, it's a good problem to have right now. I, I kind of like the fact that I kind of like the fact that Giovanni Dos Santos is injured and won't be playing in this game to not even make him an option up there. I don't want to see it. I want to see somebody else. So you know, get creative with it. If Legette can play, I'm fine with putting Legette underneath Kamara or to pair him up there with that. That's fine if you want to do that. I don't love it, but you can try it. Um, so yeah, I mean, and then Zlatan comes on eventually, and then Kamara and Zlatan, I think they'll work fine together. I think that's great. So, I mean, the last 30 minutes of this game is going to be where I think a lot of people are going to focus. Maybe the Galaxy are winning, and it's not an issue, and they bring in Zlatan, and he just, you know, he helps kill off the game. That's great, too. That works oh, for I me. I just was thinking right now, the tandem of, of, of Kamara and Zlatan could be sung to come on Eileen. <laughs> Kamara, Zlatan, oh, well, Kamara, Zlatan. This is we're going to sell CDs now on the corner of the gallery. No, I'm just saying, if I'm I'm in the Super Gator or the Riot Squad, I'm going to come up with that and sing it at the games. You could do that. Yeah. And it's also the Lion and the Panther up there, right? You know, uh, Kamara calls himself the Panther. Uh, Obviously, Zlatan is the Lion. That's how it works. All right. That's it. Um, SKC, by the way, is 3 0 3 since 2015 against the LA Galaxy. Just wanted to throw that out. And if you remember last year, because remember 2017 actually happened, it was an Icopara bicycle kick. Uh, that down the LA Galaxy at StubHub Center whenever they played Sporting Kansas City. So, good times. When Kevin Garnett is kind of scoring a bicycle against you, <laughs> that's not a good thing. All right, you have anything else you want to talk about? You good? Well, I mean, I could talk about, like, the National Guard on the border, but I don't think it's appropriate. Probably not right now. Probably not okay. right now. Different podcast, different podcast. All right, Jared, tell people where they can find you. You can get me on the old Twitter machine at jrodius, J-R-O-D-I-U-S. And also you can get me somewhat frequently and somewhat infrequently at Slop Culture Pod, a Slop Culture Podcast, a, uh, a podcast for kids born in the 70s, raised in the 80s, talking about pop culture and all that kind of stuff that goes along with it. Awesome. If you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at jgesman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N. And of course, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com where you can find all of our writings and at Galaxy Podcast for our Twitter 
for the show. Uh, you're running out of time on the Lion of Los Angeles shirts, so again, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com, hit that shop button, find those, the scarves, everything else is right there. We ship fast on all the scarves and stickers, so if, uh, if you do that, you'll get those quick. If you're looking for the shirts, you have about 10 days left. I'll put a link in this podcast for you to be able to order that. The LA Galaxy face off against Sporting Kansas City at 6 p.m. on Sunday. Hopefully, we'll see everybody out there. Uh, a, a return to StubHub Center now that uh, the, the LAFC, the El Trafico is over. All right, for Mr. Jared Dubois, I'm Josh Gessman. Hope everybody enjoyed the live show. We, of course, will catch you on Monday when Kevin Baxter is back joining me. Uh, everyone have a great time, a great weekend, and we will see you at the game. Catch you next time. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. And for all of your independent LA Galaxy news, discussion, and entertainment, including this podcast, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. Fans, thanks for listening. We ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Arajo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.